I'm making an executive decision. Uh oh. We're moving into the summer. I think this summer we're gonna cover just summer movies. Summer movies slash kids in danger. Sweep the lick. You have a problem with that. Welcome to the Project Gen X Retro Summer Series 2022. Sarah, beware. I have been generous up until now, but I can be cruel. Starting in May and ending in August, we will review the summer movies from our youth that include Tron. I still don't understand why you want to break into the system. Because, man, somewhere in one of these memories is the evidence. If I got in far enough, I could reconstruct it. Adventures in Babysitting. Don't fuck with the babysitter. The Goonies. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. Back to the Future. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again. Heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? What? And so much more. We talked into the night. The kind of talk that seemed important until you discover girls. If I can only have one food for the rest of my life, that's easy. Pass. Cherry flavor pass. Along the way, we will also sprinkle in some non-movie goodness that will remind us what it was like to be a kid when the socks were high, the shorts were extra short, and there wasn't a cell phone to be seen. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. Who wants to call somebody? So sit back and join Big Dave, Barry, and myself, Alan Smith, to relive the magic of the 80s and the retro summer. Uh, welcome back to the Project Gen X Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And I'm Barry. And this is the season finale of our uh, summer, of our retro summer 2022. Uh, we've kind of been building to this one. And uh, this... And I tried to have a fun intro and you just totally dumped on it. Yeah, so well, thanks for that. <laughs> we, uh, we, we are going to, we're going to end this summer. I know that as this, when this goes live, it's going to be after Labor Day. Yeah. Even though Labor Day is not the official end of summer, it's the it end is of the, summer. It's the unofficial yeah. end. Of it's summer, the weekend that everybody summer. shuts up. The exactly. Pool. So if we're gonna go out, let's go out. Let's go out bang. with something with a bang. We're hoping. And remember, and, um, don't wear white after Labor Day, or cereal mom will get you. This is true. Yeah, watch out for Kathleen oh Turner, man. Uh, <laughs> that is a great movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that movie. We ought to do a whole episode just on John Waters. <laughs> <That's> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, this episode we're going to be discussing the 1986 Six. Uh, movie Labyrinth. Yes. Labyrinth. So, uh, and a fangirl is just rejoicing yeah, right now. So, Barry, are you going to give us the rundown of all your stats? Give us a rundown, you. and I I'll be right back. You. All right, okay. So, Labyrinth, directed by His Holiness Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. Uh, screenplay, you're gonna love this. Do you know who wrote the screenplay on this one? <laughs> Terry Jones, 
Really? As in Monty Python. Monty Python, yeah. Yes. That, he wrote the That screenplay. makes perfect sense, yeah. though, once you think about it. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, of course, uh, and Trevor Jones, which I believe is his brother, brother right. is, did the music for it. So oh, kinda, okay. Cool. He was the, the music coordinator for it, although most of the music was done by Bowie. Right. Uh, distributed by TriStar, mm-hmm. uh, which at the time was a division of Columbia, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. Or they were working in conjunction. <laughs> it's it's one of those movie studios that doesn't exist any longer. Yeah. Although, I think TriStar did come back to a it? form to some form yeah, yeah. i don't know exactly what they're doing now but they're they're back um so yeah the budget on this puppy was 25 mil mm-hmm. and final box office earnings was 34 mil yeah, it, it was not a box office it, success it, it basically made its money back yeah. well you think about, about it marketing and everything it probably was a although well it's a cult classic as yeah. say, it didn't it didn't come until into its own until vhs and yeah, absolutely enough, has one of the smallest human casts of any movie that we've yeah, done there's so basically far. two people in it uh, three four, five. The baby. Oh, five there's yeah. five there's five uh of course we'll, we'll run oh, through them okay yeah you're right you're right you're right right, right. um playing jareth the king of the goblins alan's favorite the Bowmeister. David Bowie. David Jones. David Jones. That's right. David Jones. <laughs> David, David Bowie. David Jones. Strangely enough, do you know how he got this role? He signed a contract with Lucas that said, everybody will love you, but <laughs> everybody's going to stare at your package Actually, forever. He turned down the role to play Max Zorn in um, A View to a Kill. Oh, okay. To do this role. And he was th- replaced by Christopher Walken. I think he did a very, uh, very smart thing to, <laughs> to play this instead Mr. of... Bond, don't know what you're doing. Anyway. Um, play- Bruce, why are you dressed like Batman? Because <laughs> he, he is Batman, Batman you idiot. <laughs> Mr. Bond, I, I expect you to die. <laughs> God, here we go. <laughs> All right. Playing Sarah Williams. The main character in this, who is looking for her brother Toby, mm-hmm. Jennifer Connelly. I who, had the biggest crush. Oh yeah, Jennifer Connelly when I saw this now, movie. Let's be honest; she's supposed to be sixteen in the movie. Yeah, she's. But not. she comes off as a twelve-year-old whiner. Oh, yeah, yeah, but at moments, at moments, at she's moments, coming yes, at, yes, know, yes, yes, much, much, much older. Um, strangely enough, playing Toby was a guy named Toby Froud. There you go. Um, and actually, Jennifer Connelly, if you're not familiar with her, <laughs> one of her biggest roles was uh, Requiem for a Dream. Loved her in that movie. I think this is probably one of her biggest Oh, roles. this is definitely her biggest role. She was in this. She was in Career Opportunities. Career Opportunities was another one, too. Yeah. Uh, she was in Dark City. She was in um, The Hot Spot. She was mm-hmm. in Mulholland Falls. She was in... Ooh, you're I coming forget. across very stalkerish uh, right now. I want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I had completely forgotten about Mulholland Falls. I think Mulholland she was in... Falls. Was yeah. she in Reinventing the Abbots also? I, I think she was... Don't know on that one. I think, one after uh, she was in a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, Toby Froud, who as he grew up, later became a puppeteer and a project fabricator on the movie Cowboys and Aliens. That's a shame. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you say Cowboys and Aliens, I'm like, okay, you have me intrigued, and then they put out that piece of crap. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah you're not wrong. Um, playing Robert, who was uh, Sarah's father, mm-hmm. was an actor by the name of Christopher Malcolm. The biggest role that I could find him in? Highlander. Yeah, very small role in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shelly Thompson playing Sarah's stepmom, Irene, which I don't even think they said her name in the oh, movie. come on, Irene. Come no, on. it was just... Uh, <laughs> wow. <I> just, <laughs> although, the, the biggest role, the, the, the one that most of our uh, our audience will recognize her from is she was actually in Trailer Park Boys. Nice. <laughs> that seems appropriate somehow. And there's, there's one other 
human that you see part of him, but you don't see all of him. Uh, there was a famous juggler. We already talked about David Bowie's package. So. Well, this kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, Michael. Wow. I believe wow. his name was Michael Motion or Motion. Okay. Um, he was the juggler. Oh. The one that handled all. He's the one that handled Bowie's Dave. balls. So. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be another one of those. Yeah. What am I? Who am I kidding? All the episodes are one of those episodes. Yeah, I, sir. I would have thought they would have just gotten Mick Jagger to do that. So. Well, you know. <laughs> and before you Good. <laughs> so before you go into your 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 synopsis of this movie, mm-hmm. I want to hit on some of the, the other casting opportunities that there were for this. Wait, some of them are opportunities. Before you do that. Were these yes. career I opportunities? Want to point, I, God, here we go. I, I want to point something out. Yes. In the Goblin Corps. Yes. There are three different names. Oh, there's a ton. There's three different names here that you should recognize, though. Kenny oh. Baker. Kenny Baker was yes. from, uh, he was one oh, of he's been the, in everything. Well, yeah, if, I mean, you need, if you need R2 a little person. D2. Right. If you need R2 a little D2, person. D2, yeah. R2-D2. Um, he was Malcolm in, Dixon was also in the Goblin Corps. Malcolm Dixon. I don't know that name. And you also have... Warwick Davis. Oh, I didn't know Warwick Davis was in this one. It wasn't on my list. Warwick Davis was in the Goblin Corps. Really? He must have had one of the smaller roles because... Ah, uh, sorry. Sorry, that was a bad pun waiting to happen there. Yeah. Smaller um, Anyway. Uh, but you, yeah, you would have known Malcolm Watson Dixon from Time Bandits. Oh, I love that movie. Okay, yes. Well, and it kind of fits considering Terry Jones was the writer on this thing. So. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, he was also one of the... Oompa, he was the Oompa Loompa. Uncredited in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, um, he's he's been in Flash Gordon. He's been in Time Bandits. Was he in Silver Underwear? Uh, he was dark. He was in the Dark Crystal. <laughs> Come on, Barry. <laughs> uh, he was. Blood Rains was the Invisible Man. That's right. <laughs> he was in Ewok with Warwick Davis. Oh, sorry. He's one of the original furries. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> he was in Willow with. I, Warwick. I dude, I fully, fully blame. The Ewoks in Return of the Jedi for mm-hmm. the furries that that I can't disagree. I mean that I, I could see the fur bee yeah. definitely, but all right. So check this out. Before them, we them get, and the bronies. Yeah. Before we get into your your it's a whole your destroying movie. of this movie, mm-hmm. um, the casting the opportunities on this were just mind blowing. opportunities initially testing for the role of Sarah. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Drink Jane Krakowski. Yasmeen okay. Bleeth, Sarah Jessica Parker, Marissa Tomei, Laura Dern, oh. Ali Sheedy, Mara, uh, Maddie Corman, and Mia Sarah. Mar- okay. Marissa of Tomei. all of those, Marissa Mia Tomei. Sarah might be the one that I could see in this role. I'm, I'm going with Marissa Tomei. Eh, she's a little too Brooklyn for, I mean, that's, she let's can be get, honest. She, let's admit, she can um, get rid of it. But, mm. I would have been interested to see somebody like Yasmeen Bleeth try it, yeah. just to see if she's she not a good actor. Jane Krakowski in her. Let's be honest. Yasmeen Bleeth, there's a reason that she was famous for being in a red bikini, in a red bathing suit on Baywatch. Yeah. Okay. Fair. That's that's it. Okay. So it's a, it, and I'm not gonna lie, my choice for Marissa Torme is because I've had a crush on her for. Well, I get okay, that, fair. but I could see Mia Sarah in this role. I could. I could. Uh, yeah. Again, go back to uh, the Legend. Yeah. You know, I that's mean, about, that's yeah. Yeah. Let's not go back to Legend. Um. Originally cast as Sarah's mom, Gates McFadden. Really? Yes, as in Dr. Beverly Crusher from Next Gen. Yeah. But they they offered her the role. She turned it down because she wanted to do the choreography instead. So, oh, I'm jealous. 
Alan right now is showing the Rocky Horror Picture Show I told album. you about them, Dave. Uh, oh. Yeah, but I haven't been able to get over there yeah. because of oh, work. Well, this is the one that I bought. so oh. Oh. <laughs> They'll all be gone by oh. the time I get over there. <laughs> they you're, had about a dozen of these. You're a jerk. All right. So, was it this one or the one over on my side? The one over on your side. Speaking of, for those of you who are listening, everybody who's listening because nobody's watching this, I'm holding (laughs) up a Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack picture disc with the one, the only, the legend, (laughs) no pun intended, Tim Curry. And did anybody else notice where the hole is in the disc? (laughs) No, it's right in his crotch. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, while you're doing that, as I mentioned, Gates McFadden was originally the mom. Mm -hmm. And do you know who was cast or going to be cast as Jareth? Have you heard any of the names for this one? There is only one Jareth. I'm sorry. Some of these are interesting. Some of these are very interesting. Originally, it was going to be an actor by the name of uh, Simon McCorkendale. The only thing that I could find that you guys would probably recognize him from, do you remember a TV show called Manimal? Yes. Oh, no. the guy that played Manimal? Yes. yes. No. Oh, oh, nice. But he was originally casting Kevin Klein was no. slated for it. No. I can't see that. No. The other ones, however, I think any of these three choices would have been really, really cool. Okay. Sting? No. Prince? No. Mick Jagger? No. Prince is too short. No. Michael Jackson? No. That would have been way creepy. Michael Jackson would have been creepy as hell. Yes. But Prince you could be interesting. I think Prince or even Sting. Just thinking of him from, you know. No. 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 Dune could have no. been really. I don't care. No. They don't moment. have the weird regalness they of do, they Bowie. Do. None of them can. Yeah. Fair. None Fair. of them. And besides, could you really see Michael Jackson going, you know, you remind me of the babe. I, You know what? I could see Prince doing it, though. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah but only, right. only after he made her pancakes. Fair. Get comfy, Dave. Here we go. Oh, this is this is my uh Uh-oh. This is my review. You remind me of the babe. Babe with the power. Power of voodoo. Remind me of the babe. I saw my baby. I'm sorry. There is there is no amount of snark that I can put on this okay. whatsoever. Fair. And Fair. Now, except it's a hour and a half yeah. expose of Bowie's package. Yeah, for the most part. I see no problem with that, personally. <laughs> now, see, I have heard many people of all orientations mm-hmm. say that this was the movie where they started their sexual awakening <laughs> because of David Bowie and his package. They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> Both I, gay I and straight. And I mean, just like, no. All of a sudden, something in me moved, no pun intended. <laughs> and <laughs> this was, wow, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, <laughs> so for those of you that haven't seen this movie yet, and this is a kids movie, <laughs> yes, right in line with so many of the movies we've talked about this summer. Of this was a kids movie. Um, what the hell? Damn it! <laughs> so you did do did is, that is your assessment? That is my assessment. Oh my gosh! All that, right, that is my assessment of this movie because I unabashedly love this movie. Oh, yeah. I think, kind of like 
a couple weeks ago when we talked about the Goonies, this may be a perfect movie. Honestly. Mm, I don't okay. know about I'll, that I'll one. be honest. I had not seen this movie in right. a very, very, very long time. And that's shame. Well. Shame. <laughs> shame. <laughs> when Tombstone's on TV as often as it is, it's hard to catch up on other stuff. Anyway. He's, he's um, not wrong. He's but not wrong. when we were talking about doing Never Ending Story and this movie, mm-hmm. and we did Never Ending mm-hmm. Story first, I purposely put off watching this one because I did not want it ruined you didn't want for the me. Taint of, I didn't want the taint of never ending story. You didn't want on the never it. ending story's taint on it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore you. Um, but I was very afraid that this was going to turn out. You're afraid you're going to get teabagged. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was afraid this was going to turn out like never ending story where I, I know, remembered I it know. fondly and then and I watched and, it and, and it just ruined your my childhood. childhood. Yes, I know. But this thing holds up very well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if the blue screen is terrible. The blue screen is terrible. Well, there's a lot that goes on in this movie. That's but, you, just, know, you know, the blue screen aside, this right here movie. is the reason why practical effects will always outshine yeah. CGI. Exactly. And well, will hold up almost 40 years later, unlike CGI. Yeah. So Well, and proof that if you ever truly need to get just a completely twisted story off the ground for anybody, it's when you get Terry Jones to write it. Because that dude just, I mean, he puts his hands on anything. It's going to be weird and awesome and bizarre and looking at it from so many different perspective that sentence just does just, not sound right it, it, it <laughs> I, I love terry jones's stuff this yes because he had his hands in fear and loathing in las vegas you know uh ice or not ice pirates time bandits mm-hmm. that's a terry jones i mean all of the and you You're can talk about terry gilliam well terry gilliam and terry, and terry jones Jones. yeah i know it's, they were both python i know so I know, uh I know. but those are ones they work together a lot on those and you can really see a lot of the influence from uh, Time Bandits in this. Yeah, abso- oh, absolutely. The, the, absolutely. The characters especially. And we would be remiss if we didn't gush about Henson for just a moment Man, here. you know. This, no, I'm going I'm going to start this one off because this is where Henson really started to get away from the... the, the Hold on, before you get into that. Yeah. Let me just say something. A few episodes back when we talked about Never Ending Story yes. and all the hippie bullshit that's in that. If Jim Henson could have just put his hippie bullshit aside, we'd still have him. Or at least we would have had him for a long time after that because he got sick, and rather than go to the doctor like you're supposed to, he went to his crystals and... Was it a dark crystal? The opinions of Alan are not representative <laughs> just of saying, all of Project It Genetic was Podcast. one of those things that it's like, dude, if you had just gone to a regular doctor rather than all of your metaphysical bullshit, but was hippie it a bullshit, dark crystal? It, no, it was not. Obviously, you're saying he got dark, took down by a skexy. Ob- obviously, <laughs> it was a dark crystal because he took him. He took him away from us way too early. And one of the saddest things you will ever see in your life is to go and watch the funeral With when Kermit. Big Bird comes down oh. and sings "Rainbow Connection." Yes, yeah. That is one of the saddest things you will ever see in your life, and okay. it could have been avoided. So, so anyway, all that being all I'm said, saying, the fact that this really kind of <laughs> represented. A, a big shift for Henson from going from a lot of the happy-go-lucky, poppy, you know, colorful looks to going with a well, much darker. Well, but this was post you know, Dark Crystal, which right. was a completely different. But that's what I'm saying. Feel from right when you get into Dark Crystal, else, you get you into know. Labyrinth, you get into a lot of these where it gets that much grittier, darker, you know, muddier colors to right, the characters right. that you never saw that in the Muppets. You never saw that in you know. 
Fraggle Rock or anything eh, like that. Fraggle yeah. Rock had its moments. Fraggle I mean, Rock had its moments. Fraggle yeah. Rock definitely had its moments. Well, uh, I'm just talking about the color patterns and things right, like that. I, I get you know? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've got those colors in it, they were the villains. Yeah. You know, because yeah, if the happy the, the, the heroes were always the, the very colorful ones, the villains were the ones that were always these muted, muddy colors. Now, wait a minute. You leave Snaggletooth out of this. Yeah. I was talking about Junior Gorg. But anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, with this, I would say this is probably one of my favorite non-Muppet Henson movies. Hands down. I've seen, you know, pretty much everything the man's made that was non-Muppet related. And most of what he's seen that's Muppet related. This is one of my favorites because it comes at it from such a strange point of view. And a lot of this is because it was done in Pinewood Studios. Mm -hmm. It was done, you know, you see a lot of that British influence into it, too. Um, But, yeah, I I adore this movie. Now, we'll start off. You guys were, were bringing the line. You remind me of the babe. What babe? (laughs) <laughs> babe with the power. What power? Power of voodoo. Who do? You do. I sold my babe. And you know he ripped that off, right? Hot as babes <clears throat> you know all of that was ripped off, Oh, right? I know, I know. What's it was that? a very famous line said between Shirley Temple and Cary Grant in the movie uh, The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer. Mm-hmm. Except instead of... And I did um, not know that for years. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I, it's, I, it's one I, of those watched, movies that my mother goes, I watched, watched this. I was like, I watched Sterling Temple movies when I was a kid, like we all did, because they were on all the time. But I'll be honest, I was young enough when I saw them that it it just didn't stick with me. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, this is, you know. Uh, And it was years later when someone pointed out, I was like, oh, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, So, and again, with this, there were so many visual elements to this movie that were just unreal. I mean, between, you know, when he goes, when they, she goes into the labyrinth itself. That took one of the long, it's still to this okay. record, the, the setting for Goblin City, the largest panoramic back cloth ever made. When she for goes that. into the labyrinth, yes. and she's talking to the snail. Oh, yeah. It's not a snail, it's a worm. Whatever. It's a worm. It, she's talking to the worm. <laughs> Just say it. Creature. Worm. When she When she's talking to the, uh, the sticky weird thing. Yep. And. <laughs> He did that on purpose. <laughs> of course, he did <laughs> the slimy weird thing. So it was, it was furry. <laughs> whatever. So uh, did you watch this again? Uh, when she's talking to the worm, and he says, "You know, the, the entrance is right there." Mm-hmm. I was like, "What are you talking about?" It's like right there, and it's that whole force perspective thing again. Yes. Of, yeah. Oh no! Just take a step backwards into mm-hmm. the actual wall. Where it's like you can't see the entrance because the way that it's built and the yeah. optical illusion of it, it's like, yeah. okay. And then she starts to take the he's, he's like, no, 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 don't go that way. Go the other way. Okay, fine. He's like, that would take you to that horrible castle. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, you mean this entire movie can be wrapped up in like 10 minutes? Okay. Well, <laughs> yep. That would have taken you straight to that horrible I know. castle. So, so because of that, I, I'm a huge fan of the video game series Far Cry. Okay. And there's a very famous bit in in Far Cry, I believe it's four or five, where if you want to end the game quicker than anything, you do absolutely nothing. Okay. If you just sit there for like, I think it's like five minutes or something, all of a sudden a character comes in and says, all right, come on, let's go. It's funny. You and said, that's the end of it. It's funny that you said Far Cry because for some reason last night, Blood Dragon popped into my oh, head. Oh, <laughs> such a good game. Such a good game. Do you know about Far Cry Blood Dragon? No. It's okay, about it as was, 80s as you can No, guess. it is. It, it straight up rips off every Schwarzenegger movie you've ever seen. Yep. I mean, oh, that sounds fun. Oh, it, it's it's amazing. Uh, for 
and it's fun for like 10 minutes oh, and yeah. then it's like oh, okay this is getting a little bit old here you know but but it's really because it really is it's that whole that eight bit like opening to it where like you like you see it's like that um um, um, what's his name? Carl Weathers and and Schwarzenegger in uh, oh, Predator, where they like, where they like, you just, son of a bitch. Like, you just see like the, the arms bulging. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like that whole thing is in there. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's great. You know. Anyway, well, that's our tangent. So. And, and 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 I think we're actually taking an interesting take on this movie because we're not going to tell you what it's about. We want no, you to go we see want this. You to go watch if you this haven't movie. watched this movie, this is, I want you to go experience this. And those of you this. who have seen this movie know what we're what we're talking about. Yeah. Those of you who have not, you your homework for the week is it's, to go watch. Go watch this movie because it is wonderful. I mean, it is the whole, you know, the the Jim Henson studios of it all and the David Bowie of it all and the the Jennifer Connelly of it all mm-hmm. and the MC Escher of it all. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a huge MC Escher. <laughs> and everybody had that poster in their oh college my dorm room. God, that most that, people yeah. rec- um right up there next to Starry Night. Escher those because are the of two, you know, yep. you had the MC Escher with the with the stairs and then you had Starry, Starry Night. Night on the yep. other one yep. and you probably had Einstein on the other one with E equals MC squared. Sticking I mean, his tongue out. Exactly. Yep. So it's a Yeah. <laughs> that, that was every freshman dorm room with, with the a, late 80s early 90s with for some <laughs> reason a union jack hanging off the back of the yeah. door because of ferris bueller yeah and, and in my case it actually had one that had like the berlin wall the, yeah, piece of the berlin wall too so but that was anyway a, or but, you had pink floyd backstory yes no that was before yes that before that was before that was released that yeah. that was late 90s okay when that came out because i was working at cd warehouse when that poster was released yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. i think i'm one of the few people that can name every album off i'm of sure that you can i know you're a big nerd so <laughs> that's why we love you that's why we love you so let's talk about the box office for this thing for a minute because let's we be honest said it, it, very well. it didn't do great but here you said yourself you love to hear what it comes up against oh and yeah. and quite honestly this movie i hate to say this it was destined to just crash and burn so the fact that it even made its money back to me is a small miracle when you're going up against the likes of here you go you ready here we go list them off karate kid part two Mm -hmm. back to school legal eagles ruthless people running scared top gun and ferris bueller's day off (laughs) all of those movies were out at the same Uh, time just ferris bueller and Top Gun alone is enough to, is that, enough no. to okay. have done that. Karate Kid Part 2. You can't, yeah, you can't dismiss that one because that you was know, a huge one too. You know and you know what's funny is of those three movies, I only saw one of them in the theater. Which one? Karate Kid Part 2. See, I saw Top Gun. I, I never saw it in the theater. So I saw it. It was whenever it hit, it hit home video was when I saw that one. I saw Top Gun, Karate Kid 2, and... And Ferris Bueller. Ferris I did Bueller, not see until it hit video. That, that was, was a VHS yeah. movie yeah. for me because I had to, now, I had to figure movie, out how to rent it without my mom knowing. This movie, I did see in the theaters, and I very much enjoyed it. So I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or if it too. was a VHS thing. It now, might have been an HBO Did movie. you hear, and I know you've done a lot mm-hmm. of research on this movie, did you hear about the whole controversy between the creators of this movie and Maurice Sendak? No, this was one. Or... Where the Wild Things Are, Maurice Sendak. I remember seeing a little... I know you see the little, book in the movie. I remember you seeing... You see, like, so, all the fantasy books. I remember seeing a little room. blurb about this, but I didn't... Okay. Yeah. So, the the story basically goes that the, the claim is that the plot of The Labyrinth was very, very close to Maurice Sendak's uh, story Kinda. outside over there. Okay, all right. And a lot of the creatures were kind of variations on creatures from The Wild Things. Kinda, yeah. I mean, I, I I can see it. It got I to the point where lawyers were involved on yeah, this, I can, and I, can I think see it. 
there's actually a statement in the credits that says Jim Henson, Jim Henson acknowledges his debt to the works of Maurice Sendak. Okay. So, so because of that, Maurice was willing to back off and, and I'm sure there the was lawyers, a settlement of some sort. Um, I think well, it was just but, more of credits than anything else. But, you know, okay. uh, but you were talking. So, so basically, that was Henson's way of going. I recognize that this Karen is causing me problems. Well, but so I mean, I'll what's acknowledge her? So but I mean, he had up. a fair point. I mean, but if you go Ludo, look at some of those. Look yeah. at Ludo. Yeah. Okay. Ludo looks an awful lot. Like character from where the, where the wild, wild things, things are. are. Yeah. I mean, very much so. I mean, yes, there are variations, but it's one of those things you put them side by side, and it's like, oh, I can see the DNA here. Yep, most definitely. So, so, and one of the executive producers on this movie, by the way, was, and we talked about him in our last episode, Spielberg, George Lucas. Oh, Lucas, Lucas oh, was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. That's so much so that on the first day of shooting, I can 100 percent see that Darth Vader shows up. Nice. And hands George Lucas, uh, excuse me, Jim Henson, a, uh, a a good luck card. Well, it makes sense because, you know, Henson and his people worked on Star Wars. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. Yoda, Yoda, yeah. I mean, that's Frank Oz, for Christ's sake. Well, and I mean, it was at Pinewood Studios. Yeah, which exactly. Is where you know, most of a, Star Wars was filmed. Right. Right. But, yeah, there's so many little nuances to this this movie that just crack me up. Like, you know, everyone knows that the infamous scene with... Everybody knows. Everybody the knows. Movie. Yeah, that's a different movie. Uh, but the, the scene everybody rolls with, with the, the, the crystal from. balls. Oh, yeah. Where Jareth is sitting there He's, juggling no. and doing the hand twists. Okay, and so here's the thing. I have heard so many people over the years who were like... Oh yeah, you know that's amazing special effects what they did there. I was like, nope. no, 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 that's all real. That was a no, it's actual not. juggler. No, I have seen people do that, and, and the, yeah. you know it's uh, and it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of practice. There was <laughs> literally a guy standing behind Bowie with his arms his throat, through his sleeves, with his arms through his sleeves, mm-hmm. doing all that stuff. There's mm-hmm. a great documentary about the making of this movie that shows the shot of that scene shot from behind Bowie and you see the juggler back there with his arms through the sleeves doing the whole thing and Bowie's got his arms behind his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one, I, you had that, you had the guy that played Toby, the kid that played Toby. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, yeah, the first time he met Bowie, he peed on him. <laughs> It seems like I remember hearing it's amazing. this story. That's amazing. <laughs> and they tried... Yeah, you know, Bowie was in some weird stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And the the the, the whole song, Magic Dance, right. there's, there's baby gurgling in mm-hmm. it. Initially, they were going to get Toby to record that. They could never get him to do it. So what you're course, hearing yeah, it's some, is Bowie. Oh, okay. Bowie did so much well. of the music in this movie. It's crazy to see how well, much his... The song that he does at the end of the movie, when they're going through the Usher stuff, yeah. it's creepy as all hell, for one thing. You know, and well, it's yeah. very Bowie. It's very Bowie. You know, it's a... And uh, I, it just... Okay, I have a question here. Shoot. And this is something that I've, I've wondered for a long time. I'm, I know you're looking at your My episode Bible over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, What she's at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, when she the first scene that we get is her coming into a yard and she's reciting a play. A, okay, what is that play? Um, goodness, I had it written down. Well, if it? you notice, she's got a small book carrying, with and her. she's got the and yeah, it, I know it says the labyrinth. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, I know. But um, you know, and of course, that comes back into play later. Yeah, in yeah, the, it's you know. it's a play, and I'm trying to remember which one it was. I've got it. I've always wondered about that, and I, and I just never did the research. So. Yeah, I, <laughs> I should have had that one. I, know. I figured in the internet, eventually, it'll just kind of like happen, and it's kind of like you know, a thousand monkeys 
you know, exactly. typing will eventually write Shakespeare. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. like eventually the internet will just tell me what it is. So I'll have to I'll have to do some digging. We may have to do a, re- a revisit on this to find out the answer to that. Or one, if but. one of our uh, listeners just knows, if you oh, I'm us, sure send us a note. As many fan kids that there are about this movie, so, fanboys and fangirls about this movie, there's somebody screaming at us right going now. Going back to that, a thousand monkeys typing will write Shakespeare eventually. Mm-hmm. I've heard a variation on that before mm-hmm. that if you just give a monkey a guitar, eventually he'll learn how he'll he will write. Uh, can't get enough of your love by uh, Bad Company. Wow. But here's another thing. Have you ever realized that Can't Get Enough of Your Love and the Beatles' Revolution are the same song? You're just... You, 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 I'm not joking. Go listen to here. them side you're by killing side. killing me here. Wait, are we... <laughs> what episode are we on? <laughs> what, what, what were we recording? this today. He hasn't slept yet, you know? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. How did I get here? <laughs> Once in a life. There you go. So, actually, all right. Our lead singer over here. Right. Did you notice Jarrett's walking stick? It was a mic stand. Oh, okay. It's oh, a, it's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. The, the half mic stand, the, the uh, Freddie Mercury it, it, it half is? mic stand. Okay. Yeah. I, I never, I mean, I, I know it was just a straight yeah. pipe, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I never put that together. So it makes perfect sense for David Bowie. Yeah, and actually, I take that back. This was not filmed at, at all at Pinewood. It was also filmed at Elstree Studios, which is basically down the street from mm-hmm. Pinewood. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, this thing took five months to make, and it was plagued yes. with problems. Yes, it was. I mean, not just the animatronics, the design, the weather, everything was just trying to wreck this movie. Not nearly as badly as um, Terry Gilliam's attempt to to put Don Quixote on on screen. You ever want a really, really interesting documentary? Watch what's the name of that documentary? Is it it's is it Man La Mancha? Is that the I name of it? Yeah. But it's all about like because it took what twenty some odd years for them to actually actually I think it was thirty some odd years before he finally released the movie because they started they started filming it in the eighties. But you start going through all of the disasters that happened from a civil war, yeah, to to rich to like. Once in a like once in a thousand Floods, year flooding yeah. and all kinds of stuff that just derailed that thing. <laughs> Let the water flow, <laughs> and we're going out with that. No, I'm just kidding, kidding, joking, joking. Actually, speaking of music, mm-hmm. we were talking about Bowie earlier. So on the soundtrack on this, he actually had five songs. Yes, he had Underground, Magic Dance. Yeah, we could be happy Underground. Chili Down. Oh, <laughs> Dave got it. <laughs> You never go full Ben Folds 5. Wow. Wow. But yes, he'd had Underground, Magic Dance, Chili Down. Chili Down. As the World Falls Down, still one of my favorite songs on this entire soundtrack. I Mm. love that song. And Within You. Mm -hmm. Um Later on, the the song "Fiery," the one with the 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 the, the fireies, yeah, the yeah that's what they're called. I'm sorry, this was the only scene in this movie that, that seems amazing, out of but place it's still, to me. That scene is amazing. It's, yes. it's amazing, Uh-oh. but it seems it like does. it was like kind of like tacked in. It was it like, like hey, we need another musical number. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, it was so weirdly filmed because you could see the you could see the and the, the, puppeteers, the, the puppeteers behind it in yeah. the full know, black suits, but you couldn't see them. So it's this kind of Odd twist. It's of they're tw- supposed to be there. Are they not supposed to be there? You know? Right. You, you right. want to talk about a complete malfunction of the Uncanny Valley? 
Oh, yeah. But it's still one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm good. Hey, you know what? It's still not as distracting as those stupid extras in Hook that are supposed to be dead pirates who are moving around in the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, oh, that's, there's that. There's that. But, I mean, let's talk about that scene for just a second because it is... There are a lot of scenes in this movie that are very happy, very friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very family family oriented. This was Henson's attempt at the Willy Wonka yeah, terror. It this really was is. Tunnel. Kind of this the, was the Willy Wonka tunnel yes, version of yes. that. Because I mean, which you is have completely out of nowhere. Yeah, completely out of nowhere. Creatures <laughs> basically yanking their own damn heads off. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just so weird. I remember playing watching, baseball or golf with them. Yes. Yeah, I know. I remember watching this as a kid, and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on right mm-hmm. now. But I love this it. is this is just terrifying. I'm like, I don't understand this. And then the fact that they're chasing her down. That and the scene with the hands. Yes. Up or down. Yes. Yes. That was creepy. It's, that well, that's, that's actually amazing considering yeah. oh, it were, is. It's just people using their hands. It's just their and, hands. and also yeah. the fact the coordination, yeah. right? Well, oh, yeah. yeah, with all those hands. Okay, uh, that is pure nightmare fuel. Yes. right there. I mean, that is like, oh, this I've could had, be hell. Yeah. This could be hell. I think okay? I've had that nightmare. Actually. Yeah, I just like. Uh. So yeah, I mean, there's there's so many of those little snippets in there, like um, the the land of Stan or the 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 bog of eternal stench. Yeah, I mean those kinds of things. It's our second bog. Yeah, yeah we've had a <laughs> this lot of bogs. Was, yeah, the bog of eternal sadness, how the bog of eternal stench. You know, so as a child, <laughs> I really thought bogs and quickstand. I know, quicksand was maybe a, a problem. huge yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I never once you know? encountered them, so it's a yeah. <laughs> well, and I've never seen a character go so crazy over a, pro- a plastic bracelet either. What is that plastic thing around your wrist? Yes, I know. You know. Um, so, for those of you that... Well, have, you, know, you know... Go ahead. You know, when you're one of the spiders from Mars, you don't see plastic stuff like that. Well, you know, you know, I mean, know that's a <laughs> <laughs> And we're walking. <laughs> and we're walking. Dave, I say we break his sweet hands. Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> come on. Hey, I've got the NAS and God-given ass. So <laughs> All right. Enough of the Bowie references. Move along. He's How can you not have Bowie references in this movie? Come on. It's especially <laughs> since yes. we're all wearing blue jeans. I know. <laughs> just, just move along. Already. Move. John, I'm only dancing. Oh. <laughs> and this is why I'm afraid of Americans. Oh, nice. Oh. Later, Bowie. There you go. Oh, this is going to lead us all to fame. Hey, anyway. We could be heroes. <laughs> <laughs> But just for just one, for one day. day. Just for one exactly. day. Nice. <laughs> oh, 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 it's the already pain. <laughs> the pain. Oh, I need to go see a China girl. Oh, anyway, oh. no, no, no. All right. Anyway, I give up. Let's dance. <laughs> I love it. I love God, it. I'm feeling so under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Major Tom to ground control. Where were we in this? Uh, <laughs> There's something's just, wrong. I'm, just, I'm still in modern love. I don't know. Um, oh. <laughs> Everybody at home is cringing yes. so hard. Right oh, we're now. assuming they're still listening. Yeah, you know? Well, you know, <laughs> they turned us uh, off 20 minutes ago. I'm sure of it. All right. Well, for those of you that actually do want to see some of the actual physical props that were in this movie, they are available in the United States, some of them. Yes. Um, Unfortunately. One of them is in a very, very unusual place, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I recently took a trip to Atlanta, Georgia, and in Atlanta, there is a place called the Center for Puppetry Arts. It is an amazing, amazing museum. If you've never been to it, I cannot recommend it enough. It shows the history of all kinds of different puppets from 
all you know any number of different parts of the world, different time frames, all the way up into modern era, and they have a huge thing with with Henson and with the Muppets, and they actually have the doors, the 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 two doors. Remember the one that tells the truth and one mm-hmm. always lies. Mm-hmm. Those are there. One of the little walking bombs. Oh yeah, is there. I mean, it was just blew my mind when I saw these things. I was like, Wait, what was the name of the place? It's called the Center for Puppetry Arts. No matter your political affiliation, insert joke here. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was giving it political pause. Yeah. But um, yes, I cannot recommend that enough. You know, for even if you're just a puppetry fan, if you just like the idea of some of these things still existing. And of course, they have Kermit and Piggy. Would you and say they're master of puppets? Master. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie Munson. <laughs> actually, the one that blew me away was not a Muppet one. The mm-hmm. fact they actually have an original Crow and Tom Servo. No, oh, and I, 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 of course, I, I wept. Uh, I wept I'm openly sure when did. I saw those. I'm sure, you did. But the one that everybody talks about, <laughs> Rebel, Rebel, you're such a mess. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you were so excited about was oh, the one that I was so excited when I discovered it in Scottsboro, Alabama. Of all places. Of all places. I know what's there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Besides white barbecue sauce. And and we we will actually post you pictures mean on this. barbecue sauce? <laughs> we will you do not badmouth Dreamland Barbecue. You shut your filthy mouth. There is a location called the Unclean Baggage Center. Mm-hmm. Yep. Basically, this is where if you lose your luggage on any of the major airlines and they can't find it, it comes here. And then you can buy other people's stuff. Yes. It's basically like one gigantic goodwill. But, you know, anything that you would imagine you could find in a suitcase Does is going to be there. Nothing fits right. For the most part, yeah. And there's a lot of luggage. Mm. A lot of luggage for sale. So you're saying there's a lot of baggage. Oh, yeah. This place comes got with all a lot, lot of Oh, this place baggage. has baggage like you would <laughs> Major baggage. But mm. they, at the entrance of it, they have this little it's, museum. It's kind of like you and your your love life. It's that oh, no. much baggage. Not me. <laughs> I never lost control. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We passed along the stairs. <laughs> anyway, lots of baggage. Yes. And they have uh, of what? So in the, in the, when you walk in the building, at the very front of it, they have this kind of, it's like a little museum where it shows some of the more, shall we say, odd items that they have kind found like in space these. oddity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely, you know, just odd. Um He's just going to keep. He's going to keep. He's over here looking up Bowie song titles now. Just not looking at. I've I've had enough Bowie. So, you know, they'll have things like they've got some um, the the fencers masks that they Mm -hmm. found. Uh, They've got a traditional Hawaiian longboard. Oh, nice. You know, that's that's up there. They've got you know different like different types of armor from different cultures throughout the world that people for whatever reason had in their suitcase. In the front of the building, behind an inch and a half thick piece of glass, is Hoggle. Mm-hmm. Really? One of the original Hoggles from Henson Studios is still there. Along and they, with you know hat. why? They found it in luggage? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when, so, as we were talking about before, this was not filmed in the United States. This was filmed over in England. Well, Henson Studios is in California. So they had to ship everything over there. Well, when they made the the costumes for Hoggle, there were three of them that were made. Well, in the process of shipping, one of them was lost. Mm. 
they didn't discover it until after the movie was already made and out in production. Wow. And because anyone that's seen an older picture of any Muppet knows that the materials that they use to make the Muppets aren't exactly known for their long-term durability. Yeah. Most of them just start to decay and fall apart. Oh, well, so there was a like, lot of latex. Straight up a wham-bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe I'm having to put up with you in my golden years. Oh! I'm going through changes. Oh. <laughs> Time to face the stream. Oh, <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> So anyway, on this, uh, you know, when I started looking up on this, and I actually had had heard about this place for years. If anyone's wondering, no, we do not have notes on this. No, no. Every whatsoever. one of these Bowie references are coming straight out of our heads. I mean, <laughs> we just got to admit it. We're we're scary monsters and super freaks. Oh, oh wow, that's a good that's pull. A deep dive. That's a good pull. That's a deep dive. I give you that one. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm an alligator, so. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway. Um, I, I'd heard about this place. Okay, for I'm years. a punk rock prom queen. So. There you go. Man, and you don't even know that. Oh, one. I do. It's not a Bowie. I know Dave has no clue what that one's from. So, but I, I actually went and saw this uh, just on a whim to go check it out, and it is truly just mind blowing to walk in this building, take a hard left, and see one of your childhood icons staring you in the face. Now, they do have other things that came with it, like um, Alan and I were talking about it off air. They do have some of the animatronics. Yes, so you yes, can see like the, the fingered animatronics for that. They have one of the hoggle heads like that. that it's just the animatronics underneath. Like, yes. It doesn't have any of like the, um, the foam on it or anything. And periodically. So. You mean they went full Westworld on hoggle? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, it deteriorated. was a lot to do with it. So and it periodically, they will bring this back over to Center for Puppetry Arts and, and display it over there as well. I've, I've heard tales of seeing, you know, people going there to go see it, and mm-hmm. there's a sign saying that that's where it's at right then. But, yeah, if you ever find yourself in either Atlanta, Georgia, or for whatever reason, Scottsboro, Alabama, Dreamland Barbie. definitely go check those out because it is so worth it to just be able to stand a foot and a half away from these things that you saw on movies when you were a child. And, and you can realize this filthy lesson. So. Well, and just realizing the, the scale, the scale is what threw me. I'm not even just acknowledging <laughs> you right now. <laughs> but anyway, so, but yeah, just, hey, I'm just waiting for the man. So like, <laughs> oh, thank you, Lou Reed. Anyway, but we did cover it. I know, so it's I a- know, I know. Uh, see, I, I just I'm, I'm continuing to have to wait on you guys. So there is a star man waiting in the. Mm-hmm. Is he the man who sold the world? I ah. wondered who was going to get to star man. That's uh, I was trying to find a, uh, an end uh, for that one. So, but yes, I mean, as you, <laughs> just station to station. You know? Uh huh. <laughs> as you can imagine, you know, all of us love this movie, and and Alan was making the argument earlier that one of the previous movies that we talked about, The Goonies. Pretty much we found infallible for the most I'm, part. I'm sure there's something, but we... Oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be some select language and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, but. there were there were definitely some jokes that didn't age well and different stuff. Like, but still, it was... This movie is damn near perfect. Well, and you know? I think part and, of the um, reason is... And it held up like so many of these movies didn't. Yeah, this is a know? fantasy. And Absolutely. I think part of the fact of that it is a fan- This is... 
the never ending, the guys that made never ending story should have seen this first because this is how you do fantasy right. well. And you can be weird, and you can be scary, and have dramatic moments, and, and not be have funny, all bullshit, and, and not and traumatize children. You know? Oh no, no, you traumatize children. Well, the 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 fires, the fireies, and the hands, and yeah, that kind know, of stuff. But at least there was definitely some childhood drama. This. this this movie is not some handy, some heavy handed allegory for the end of childhood and adult. You know, and no, it's light, of it's light handed, and it's light handed hippie bullshit, and so oh, it's all there. It's just light handed. Yeah, no, well. No. All right, and yeah. and we're gonna do something that we don't normally do here because I'm I'm really curious on this. Of the non Bowie, as I'm looking at you, Alan, the non Bowie characters in this movie, Dave, what was your favorite? What was the one that you wanted? Hey. You could see an entire movie being made off this one character. I think we've got to have a backstory on Hoggle. See, Hoggle is an interesting choice. Why? Can, why is he the way he is? Why does he consider? I can him, tell you why. Why does he consider himself? A, I can a tell coward? you exactly okay. why. Because insanity laughs under pressure, we're cracking. Oh. Okay, should, that <laughs> laid that up like a softball for him, you know. But yeah, I can see that. What about you, Alan? Uh, why is Hoggle the way he is? No, 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 no. What's a character that oh. you would love to see an entire movie made off of this one character? And you can't say Jareth. I really, I mean, that, <sighs> I bet that'd be a good one though. How did Jareth end up the you Goblin know, King? I always loved Ludo. I Ludo's a good one. You know, and, and he's such a. How does he call the rocks? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, th- there there are, you know... Rocks, friend. And, and it's kind of that whole, he's that... <laughs> he's that big dumb lug of a friend that we all have. <laughs> yep. yep. Thank you for being my dumb lug of a friend, Alan. I said big dumb lug of a friend. Why are you looking at me? Hey, just because you're the fun size version. Yeah, whatever. But 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 he is. He's that that, like... When he calls the rocks, yeah. yep. complete surprise. Like, how did, how, how have you never done this before? You know, like, or whatever, you know, it's, it's kind of that well, you never asked, right? You know, one of the situations, but it's just, he's like I said, he's such a big, lovable character, right? That it's like, I kind of want to know what his backstory is in I, a lot of ways. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, that's, that. you know, and um, with me, it's, it's Sir Didymus. I loved Sir Didymus and uh, oh, what was the dog's name? Ambrosius. Ambrosius. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's, that, a, it's dude, a fox that rides a dog that is that just is, makes me happy. You know? you know, and you know that character is very reminiscent of a character from. Um, I was thinking Don Quixote. Yes. Well, there there is some of that, but he's also very reminiscent. Rep- <laughs> well, you you get the python in there. Well, um, the black what's, knight. What? No, but what's the um, the movie that Terry Gilliam did later? Um, Uma Thurman and uh, where she plays Venus. Um, uh, you talking uh, about uh, uh, Baron Munchausen? Yes. Okay. Very reminiscent of yeah. a character from that. Yeah, Dude, that's a that. movie I need. Yeah, to go back the Adventures and watch. of Baron von, Baron von Munchausen. Yeah, yeah that. Well, Again, there's kind of that through line between the two of them. Well, so. and I'm a firm believer that Ambrosius is basically the precursor to Sprocket from uh, Fraggle Rock. Now we will dance. Yeah, not that. <laughs> that's Sprockets, not Sprocket. You know? Now we will dance. Touch my monkey. That's right. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's that whole anthropomorphic dog that communicates but doesn't really speak but communicates like a human kind of thing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and the big shaggy dogs i love big shaggy dogs yeah, anyway well, you know that I know. but um just the, the i, I want to hear sir didymus's story 
anybody that's that much of a goody two shoes that's just kind of doing something because he's supposed to do something. You know what he reminds me of? Did you say that he puts on his red shoes and dance the blues? There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reminds me of what is your name? What is your quest? What is the airspeed velocity of yes, an unladen like, swallow? Well, yes. that African guy. or European? <laughs> you seem to know an awful lot about swallows. You have to know these things when you're a king. Yeah. <laughs> How did we go from Bowie to, to you know Monty Python? Because there's a lot of Monty Python in this there's movie. A, it's it's a lot of Monty Python. Yeah, Monty Python. Python. Oh like Terry Jones. Well, I mean, you've got on. Terry yeah. Jones. Let's admit it. Life has a lot of Monty Python. It really does. True. You know, <laughs> I've said this many times. My father, who is, you know, red-blooded American, you know, steak and baked potato. Hey, I'm afraid of like, Americans. You know, but I mean, just like straight up. That clue. You know, yeah, we've already done that. You're, I'm afraid I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> you afraid of the world? Exactly. <laughs> good Lord. Steak and potatoes, red-blooded American. American, you know, good John old, Wayne. you know, John, USA, Wayne. John Wayne and all that kind of stuff. American loves, dad type. Loves British comedy for some reason. Oh, yeah. Monty Python being you know one why? of them at the top Because it's funny. It. That's it's why. Funny. Here's one of the oddest ones, though. My dad absolutely loved the young ones. Oh, of course. Well, yeah. How could you not? But, I mean, come on. You've met my dad. Like, really? You watch the young ones and think this is hilarious? Okay, you know. <laughs> Talk about a subversive punk rock, yeah. not meant for your generation show that he found just hilarious. So, oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> so. So, yes. There's a lot of Monty Python in life. It's, it might be like a life of Brian or something. <laughs> Maybe a meaning in life. I'm not sure. You know. Why are we here? Yeah. What's life all about? Every sperm sacred. Hey, there you go. So, just to bring this to a screeching halt. As someone who has followed many a Messiah, I yes. assure you, you are one. <laughs> <laughs> You're all individuals. Yes, we are all individuals. I'm not. Shh. <laughs> Bring out the holy hand grenade. <laughs> One, two, five, three, sir. <laughs> All right. The bush doth bring forth juniper berries. It's a juniper bush. <laughs> is this the Department of Argument? <laughs> oh, no, this is abuse. Uh, oh, I soiled myself. All right. <laughs> Sad part is he's not kidding. Um, <laughs> Ducks. Ducks. All right. So Small I'm going to bring this to apples. a complete screeching halt for just a moment. The one thing that you guys always dread when I talk about... Sequels. Or remakes. Uh, no, actually, it's remakes. Yeah, sequels and remakes. This so, movie should never be touched. It get should, a new idea, Hollywood. It should there, be put okay. into preservation and left alone. So, there's actually been a couple of different weird kind of interpretations on this movie. There were comic books that were based off of this okay. that kind of give the... <clears throat> you see Toby as a teenager. They yeah, kind of give Jareth's backstory to what you were talking about, Dave. Let's be honest. Toby has got to be one of the most least, or one of the least intriguing MacGuffins of any movie. Oh, agreed. I mean, let's be honest. He's really just there to get Jennifer Connelly's character in the same room with Jareth. Yeah. That's all it is he's, to he's, it. He's I a mean, reason for it. things to happen. And then for that to get really creepy. But yeah. course, again, David Bowie. But yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's a bit of a creeper. Um, but um, they, there's actually a stage adaptation on this. Okay, uh, I could see in that. In 2016, they were trying to, to work this as a stage adaptation. Um, as of uh, 2018, it was never really intended for Broadway. It was going to go uh, London's West End. Okay. Um, I, I wasn't able to find if they the completed Easton it. Boys and the West End Girls. There you go. I wasn't able to find if they were able to complete it or if it's still in production on this. Um, but I know that as of 2018... Uh, they said that it was initially it was going to go to Broadway, and that's when they moved it to West End. So, um, but as far as the sequels go, 
There has been multiple attempts to make sequels no. to this movie. And I'm glad they all failed. Yeah. Right? The closest that anybody has gotten, there was an unofficial sequel to this on a movie that was called Mirror Mask. Oh, yes. That it's yes. not... That was in what, early 2000s? Yeah. yeah. It's... It, I've evidently never heard of this. You've never heard of Mirror Mask? It was 2005. Yeah. Um, it was what's the official? It's not. It's not called the mirror. It's the something mirror map. No, it's it's, uh, it's just, just the mirror map. Yeah, okay, maybe that was actually Neil Gaiman. Right. So right. It, Which, it's hey, if someone's going to do Neil Gaiman, yeah, go I can right see ahead, it. I can know, definitely see it. You know, yeah. Um, they they were trying to do a reboot on this as of 2016. No, and they had Nicole Perlman no slighted as the no. the writer on no. that. Um, <laughs> first off, she said that now no at, Bowie. No remake. Yeah. Okay. Well, as of July 25th of this year, they said that they are working on something that is in the world of the labyrinth, but it's not going to be tied to the story. you know why? Because there's no way you can do it without Bowie. And the stars look very different today. Oh, God. I know he's been waiting. He stayed up nights waiting on this episode. He's been clawing for this. There's a reason why when we were setting up all of these and trying to figure out what order we're going to do something, Alan's first words were, well, we're doing Labyrinth Labs, that's for sure. Uh, move along. Uh, all right. Yeah, Dave's, Dave's he's, he's openly These, these are not the Muppets you're looking for. Move along. He's openly, he is openly weeping over here. But, um, all right. To kind of finalize here, because we're starting to wrap up on this, because I think you're <laughs> good you're, luck on you're that. Running out, you're running out of lyrics. So. Oh no, 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 no! Like no. I said, good that, luck on that. That will he is will derail endless. you for the next four hours, which is okay with me because he's the one that's got to edit this thing. True. So I may go back and edit it in stuff that wasn't anywhere originally. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Hey guys, we didn't talk about this, but here you go. He does that to me all the time, all the freaking time. <laughs> Dave, final thoughts on this movie. Is it rewatchable? Go watch it. it to your just kids? just go watch it. Show it to your kids. Traumatize them like our parents did to us. It's, mm-hmm. it's a fun time. And No, you get to wait. Um, I'm going to give mine before you give yours. This movie, I think it is so beloved. It didn't do great in the box office. The movie rentals on this, I think, actually made more money than the actual box office did. But I truly think that for all parties involved, for Terry Jones, for Jim Henson, for Bowie, for even Jennifer Connelly, this is probably the most beloved product that they have put out. Mm-hmm. Um, Henson, maybe the Muppet stuff is a little bit more so, but I think this hits a wider audience because it's not children. It's adults right. love this movie. I get that. You know, it, it has those elements of darkness, those elements of weirdness, like the whole MC Escher scene. You know, those types of things that... You oh, and that song that he sings there. Yeah. yeah just yeah. It's just, I mean, and, and the music. I mean, we've only scratched the surface on the music on this. Very rarely do you find music drops in a movie that fits so perfectly for Absolutely. what you're seeing on screen. Yeah. This movie did could teach a class on how to do this. Absolutely. I mean, it, Except for the fiery scene. Well, no, the no, song I mean, is perfect. The song's on that. Per- yeah, well, the song's I mean, it's, perfect. if it's you're going to do it, that, it just kind of felt like it was dropped in. It's like, hey, guys, we need one more musical song. But then but you I'm get this weird it. kind of reggae kind of feel to it. You know, mm. it just it it worked. If you're going to do something with those colors and those characters, you're going to have something that's just going to be sticking out like a sore thumb anyway. 
why not use music that is totally different than anything else you've heard in the entire movie? If you're looking for something sticking out like a sore thumb, you already had Bowie. That's well, true. Fair. Well, then that was just in the front of his costume. But, um, <laughs> all right. Well, you know, when we were the young Americans, this, uh-huh. this movie was, you know, again, it didn't do well at the box office. No. But... Um, it, it is. It's one of those movies that stuck with me yeah. as, a, as a kid watching. I was 12 years old when this was released. You know, mm-hmm. when it was kind of like that. You know, when you're in that age range, it's a uh, you're not quite you're not quite you're not a kid anymore. But you're not quite a teenager. You know, right. That that preteen, you know, whatever preteen yeah. type thing. And um, as some people have said that, you know, Bowie was their sexual awakening. Jennifer Connelly was a little bit of my sexual awakening. Yeah, uh, in this wrong. movie. Um, and you know. And that may sound creepy now, but it, because she was what sixteen when this movie came out, or something like that. She but was young. playing she was very young. sixteen, but I was twelve, so I mean that's a little different, you know. Right. I mean it's a, uh, but yeah, I mean this this movie is just so so good. I mean I again I I, I started writing a, a a snarky you know summary of this movie, and I was like I just can't do it. It's the same way you know that you know I, I wrote that little bitty just very small blurb about the Goonies because I was like, no, no, no. we got too much to talk about here right. to put any kind of snark on this whatsoever. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm believe me, I could have done it, but I oh, just yeah. didn't want to. I did not want to close out our retro summer that way no. because we were going to close out with such a really a beloved and brilliant movie yeah. that there was no reason to do it that way. Now, of course, all the Bowie references and stuff that we've done <laughs> through the middle of this took care of that with no problems. Yes. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, in 2016, I mean, it's been six years since we lost David, six and a half at this point since we lost David Bowie. I remember I was laying in bed with my then wife Mm -hmm. and it was, I mean, literally it was one of those things that I got a news alert on my phone saying that David Bowie had died at the age of 69. Good for David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he got he got the number right. He got the okay. joke. He did. He got the joke. But yeah. it was also one of those things where I've never fully recovered from that. And it's one I of those things that. where like Bowie's music was not always a part of my life. Right. But when it became a part of my life, it became a huge part of my life. But this movie came to me at a as a preteen, mm-hmm. and I, what I said after he died was that Bowie was ever present in my life in some form, whether it was movies or it was music. Music, and so it's it's just one of those things where you know it's a god awful small affair when we start thinking <laughs> about the tragedy that that was losing David Bowie. I have a tattoo mm-hmm. of the Aladdin saying, you know, lightning bolt on right. my arm because David and also David Bowie's eye. Yeah. But it's also it's one of those things that this movie, you know, Let's Dance had come out three years prior to this. And that was my first introduction to his music. And I loved the song Modern Love. I love the song Let's Dance, but Modern Love was like the song that really was like, oh, this is really interesting. I know a lot of people kind of shit on that album yeah. for various reasons, but it was just kind of one of those things is like, okay, leading from that to this to discovering Bowie later, you know, a few years after you know, that. Let's be, let's, let's be real. Bowie had some weird albums. Absolutely. No, well, oh, there is some stuff yeah. that, that, I won't listen to of his. I mean, I'm just like, 
this is not for me. Well, I, I'm obviously not on the same playing. I mean, the the Brian Eno years. Were, oh, I know. Were, well, and I well, and and, and the uh, the Tin Machine. Yeah, years, Tin Machine you know? was a little strange. Yeah, you know. But I'll say this: I, I going to his acting career. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he oh, was the man s- who fell to earth. You know, cat uh, people, cat people, oh, cat people. Yeah, I mean, he like, he had some great movies, but but then I, you know, like even later, come on, him is Nikola Tesla. Yeah. In the prestige. Oh, he has hands down one of the greatest cameos of any movie ever in Zoolander. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about Band Slam, but okay. Band Slam, okay, <laughs> granted, but I'm sorry. Zoolander? That's one of Renee's favorite movies. You know, but nobody that saw the, that Again, coming. that nobody was nobody. Like, I know that the whole through line was the kid, like, riding into David Bowie. Yeah. The fact that David Bowie appeared at the very end of that movie was like, yep. oh, shit, this was not supposed to happen in this movie. This movie did not deserve this. Well, I, I <laughs> still know? remember watching Zoolander for the first time, and I'm just going, okay, it's funny. Yeah, it's and funny, then Bowie funny. shows it's like, up. It's like, oh, my God, perfect. that's David Bowie. <laughs> you know, his his work, you know, he, he was in... Um, uh, far, come firewalk with me. Yes, you know, the the Twin Peaks movie. You know, Could, he's been in a ton of stuff so over the years. Can we make the argument that this is his best movie? Can you make that argument? His his turn as Nikola Tesla in the Prestige was the Prestige I, and was I amazing. Know, Cat I People know, was amazing. I know. And the thing is, is the we're talking about Earth we're talking great, about yeah. with 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 the Prestige. That's a cameo. Literally, he has like a scene True. in it. You know, as far as something where he is a featured player. Yep. Cat people, it's kind of hard. Oh no, no, with the hunger. We forgot the hunger? about the hunger. Yeah. Come on. Um, what do you think, Dave? I, he's he's one of those guys that kind of does what he wants to when he wants to, and it's hard to really pick one because he does his best in all of it. Right, and it's Let's never put it the this same way. thing. It's I won't never, say that this was his favorite, his best movie. This is my favorite movie. Okay, that's that a fair answer. That's okay. a good one. Yeah, okay. I, I, I would agree. Disagree. I think we would all agree with that. Right. Is, is there movies that he's acted better in? Maybe. You know, Cat People, okay. Mm-hmm. The Hunger, maybe. Man Who Fell to Earth, yeah, okay, yeah. you know it's it's it's, it's his first it's, attempt, so you know. Let's let's and it's it. also him just doing Ziggy Stardust. Again. True, I was, I was going to say so, let's yeah. let's admit it. This is just hair metal version of Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust, especially but, with the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But you know, I, and the and the eye makeup, dude, and the pants. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that you know <laughs> we cannot get away from Little Bowie in this one. Okay, well, no kidding. <laughs> well and I think to there sum- is no escape. <laughs> to, to summarize this, I I think that. If you take this this movie as creating its own world, Absolutely. creating its own existence, you could even say it's creating its own planet to some stretch. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going around, this is proof that there's life on Mars. Yes, it is. <laughs> you really, oh, you really stretched. Yes, to get I did. To you had one. to stretch. You to get stretched. To really I had to get the last far. one in. Dad, I was about was, to. I was about to step in and go another dimension, but you had to go. Yeah, life on that, Mars. Yeah, life yeah, on that, Mars. I know that that was a. <laughs> I, so guys, I saw where you were going. Yeah, I knew it's been a said planet. You were on board. Said it's a god awful small affair. Yep. So it's like, it's like so wow, that was a full taffy mode. There. If anybody has not seen this movie, please go watch it. It is definitely, it's one of the few that we have all agreed that is 100% rewatchable, 100% recommended. Go see this movie, rent it, watch it with friends, watch it with family, watch it with your kids. You know, write us back and tell us what you think. Just if, go out and buy a copy. You yeah. can find a copy of this at used media places. Oh, all over the place. 
watch this, hit us up on Discord, send us emails on this, let us know your your memories of this movie, your opinions on this, because I'm pretty sure this movie has such a huge fan base on it that people just adore this. I'd really love to hear other people's points of view on hey, this. And remember, folks, it's never too late to send us hate mail about the never-ending story. This is true. Hey, it's a best-selling show. So, yeah. <laughs> He got the last one. I know. I'll give it to him. <laughs> Wrap this thing up, will you? I. <laughs> uh, He's yeah. trying to think of another one. No, just I'm just it. I'm I'm just thinking about Bowie, and it's uh, like I said, it's been six and a half years. I'm still I'm still not fully recovered well, from from him being people. gone because it is one of those things. I you know. I remember, and and I've heard this in a lot mm-hmm. uh, of different put into a lot of different circumstances, but, you know, I, I think it was um, uh, Ricky Gervais that about a year before Bowie died right. was on Twitter and said, you know, the earth is six billion years old and we just happened to be born at the same time that David Bowie's alive. Yeah. You know, that is pretty spectacular. And you can say that about a lot of things, well, you know, yeah. but but it's like, yeah, we just happened to be <laughs> in all of the universe's, you know, infinite glory. I am blessed to have seen him. In, you know, and a lot of times in multiple different exactly, forms, you know? and a lot of different media's. And uh, uh, one of the concerts I never got to go, I never got to see. Yeah, same and here. And one of them I really regret not being able to see. Um, so yeah, um, as I say many times on here, go watch Labyrinth. Yes. Go watch Cat People. Go watch yes. The Hunger. Go watch anything that he's in. Zoolander. More importantly, go listen to some David Bowie. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is... It's not everything that he does is for everybody. True. But even if you just go pick up, like, you know... Um, Get a Ziggy greatest Stardust. Hits, like, yeah, well, it's that that was that Changes 1, you yeah. know, or whatever, which is kind of a, a greatest hit, you yeah. know, from that's, that's his early stuff. Or, you know, pick up any... yeah. Zim, just pick up the album, The Rise and Falls of Gisardus yes. and the, the Spiders from Mars. Because You're going to know four or five songs. There's not a bad begin. song on that there album. There is not whatsoever. And uh, so, yeah, saying all that, um, I guess I am the star man, Alan Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And I am still the alligator. Barry! <laughs> and we will see you next time. See ya!
Well, Britannia is out of bounds To my mother, my dog and clowns But the film is a sad thing for Cause I wrote it ten times or more It's about to be written again As I 